granddaughter is pretty fine but you know what is more than just pretty fine it's me your boy dj your boy as always evan i am back uh, uh <laughs> wave life is back and it's back with a very special episode because i have someone here who is not just pretty fine he is goddamn gorgeous our very <laughs> handsome director <laughs> tom lord lord sees oh i'm loving this show already i just feel <laughs> like i've come into this like room where i'm getting complimented I mean, oh, you should have expected that. Yeah. <laughs> you are the sweetest host ever. I'm not going to lie uh, for people who, who think like I'm just complimenting him because I'm working with him. I'm a friend for, for of his for a long time and he knows that these compliments are very genuine. Yeah. I actually believe that about him. Uh, so yes, as you probably have figured out from our social media post, we're doing an interview today. Uh, we're going to listen to our chill music, but we're also going to interview Tom for his upcoming film Obsession which starts filming tomorrow and for the next three days, and I'll be working there as well. But you won't hear that much, my opinion. This is more like literally getting the director's perspective <laughs> of everything. So we're going to go through everything. Don't worry about that one. So, and we're, of course, uh, going to discuss other stuff. Don't worry, we're not going to stick only to the film and the film interest, but don't worry, don't worry. We, we, we have a lot to go through, and it's going to be very fun. Okay, so, I mean... Let's start with the basics, of course. Introduce to yourself to the audience who might not know you, like a couple of things. Yeah, so um, I'm Tom. Uh, I was the chairperson of Diva Media till up, until like a few weeks ago, where now uh, our lovely Corey has taken over. Yay! Um, but yeah, I'm doing an international film production master's degree, um, which is basically a course where you make three very um, big films. Um and that's what we're working on. We're working on my final piece, which is called Obsession, which is a romance thriller. Nice. Um, but yeah, apart from that, like uh, I've been filmmaking for quite a while now. Like I, I think I started in like 2015, Damn. something like that, um, where I went to like my grandma, actually. My grandma, who seems to be like the most, no, like the most <laughs> put me in, put, told me the first place to go to go get like filming work experience she, she saw an ad in like her local newspaper for like a um volunteers to come down to a film <laughs> studio oh, that's so incredible and yeah and that's how i started because like before that i was making films but you know i was making them with my friends and that and then um i went on on to sets and they these people have like started like got some grants and funding made a uh, studio called gatling studio wow. so they had like a warehouse what they were making into a studio um but yeah um um yeah so that got me into like being like doing stuff like camera assistance um i did sound on a lot of films and that's how sort of my filmmaking sort of professionally began and then i decided after lockdown to come back and do this masters because i sort of had a big period where i wasn't really obviously a lot of people were not making films during that period because you know yeah. everyone was locked in and i wanted just to dedicate a year to like refined filmmaking i think you know throughout this course like, i thought you know i've really have you know f worked on some fantastic products okay okay uh so damn you've been almost like seven years yeah yes yeah, almost seven yeah 
yeah, almost seven years. So, yeah, I started very early. I was quite young, I think. I, I must have been 16, 17, maybe. Oh, um, that's incredible. But, yeah, it, it, it's sort of like I've been... M- like I've been popping about on loads of different like indie film projects, mm-hmm. um, and I've I've only ever directed. Well, I've directed a few times, not often. I don't do it often. It's not mm-hmm. something. I, I wouldn't say it's normally my natural um, position I go for. Um, the last time I directed though was in twenty seventeen. Twenty seventeen. Okay. Yeah. So that's a, quite a long way, and that was a short film called Y two K. Y2K? Uh, what was it about? That was a romance film about two people um, who were seen in the New Year's, but sort of like one lost their friends and the other one was like, flight was grounded because of all the um, the Y2K sort of, we never had this whole tech thing. Yeah. Everyone thought the world was going to end. And they were just talking about that. It was, quite, it was quite a simple film. It took one, it was only three minutes long. It took one night to film. I did it with some of the guys <laughs> I met through... Um, working in the local community films, um, so it was really lovely. And I didn't, I didn't go for it, go to, to directing again um, till now. Like, I'll give a, um, a simple side note. I have seen that film. That's the weird thing, and but I didn't know the name because I was watching the live stream from Meat and Tea. <laughs> it was like uh, in one of the ads. It was the film, and I was like, oh, that looks really nice. Yeah, yeah. So I, I, I've downloaded a load of my old content because obviously when we go to the song break on Mead and Cheese, I can't yeah, stream that. So I have to stream stuff and I just started streaming my old film. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, so that's like the last film I with actors I directed. Um, okay. And and um, apart from that, I did like a few little promo. I've done like a lot of promo videos, but nothing like narrative, so mm-hmm. so to speak. But what did you think of Y2K? Actually, it was really nice. I, I really liked the concept. It was very really unique. I really yeah. like... Um, here's the thing. I really like the quiet moment. Uh, when it's New Year's, because like it, I think the setting was perfect. Yeah. When it's New Year's, I might be only sometimes like when the calm comes down of everyone going like, yeah, yeah happy New Year's and all that stuff. There's an inherent like sadness, yeah. bittersweetness that comes with it. And then the moment I saw it, I was like, oh, that looks a lot like something I've, I've experienced with other people. So it's very good. Yeah, yeah. The whole thing was, and I tried to do this a lot of film, it was like I was trying to set up them getting together like mm-hmm. as a couple, but there was nothing. In the film, I was trying to show they had nothing really in common apart from there was both out on this night. Yeah. with. But it, it was a concert. Originally, um, it was meant to be in a bus stop. Oh, okay. But and because it was my sister who because my older sister Charlotte always helped me develop the stories of my films. She's got quite a knack for it. And w- one of the ideas we were playing around with was having a story where it was someone at a bu- bus stop, and there was always saying, "Oh, it's coming soon," you know, yeah. Like really, like low to be depressing. You the whole film, you would wonder why they were depressed, and what actually they were waiting for was the end of the world. Like they, were, yeah. they just happened to be in a bus stop, and it was meant to I be, like it. be a spin, but. um Unfortunately, I had to change the script because I went to so many bus stops and there was next to so many busy roads. Yeah. Like that's the thing I didn't think when I was writing it. You've got a film near a road, and that's so hard to do with like on a low budget with sound. I couldn't exactly close off a road. Yeah, that's why most of the films start. There was one thing at the end. There's another thing. That's like yeah. one of my favorite parts of the process of writing the story and everything. Yeah, and and this this film obsession that 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 same thing happened for that this. I think this is like the ninth draft of the script. Ooh. Like it, it's gone through 
like absolute battering. Um, originally, um, I was telling you earlier that it was a meant to be a music video, mm-hmm. like what I was coming up with in like maybe 2019 or 2018, like a long time ago. Um, I just had this idea of like this person getting a bit obsessed with someone and it be like the scenes be portrayed with the music video. And I had like scenes in mind I wanted to film and I slowly built that into a script and then I built it up into this, what it is today. Mm-hmm. But like the course I did really did help me because I'm not, a, I'm also not really massive on write, the writing aspect. I'm, yeah. It's not my thing. So doing something where you were forced to write it or you're going to fail made me just get through that bit what that first hurdle it's, it's a whole like uh, if you then if you they don't push you on the water you won't swim yeah yeah kind it, of thing it's it, like it's like that because like i i would say like for me like not being like a natural like i've not i don't naturally think oh i really want to direct like so for me like i have to sort of have to do it um and with this film like Obviously, I when I do it, I want a, the best film ever. Mm-hmm. I like because I know a lot of people put the time in and effort in, um, but like it, I have to have some external sort of thing saying you've got to do this because it's stress. Like making films can be very stressful. It oh, can be yeah. very rewarding, but it can be very stressful. And it's like you have to have something external to make you do that stressful thing in the first place. Yeah, you need like. Um like um, an external force pushing you to be the best you can be or yeah. like to be as creative as you can. I think like um, our university, our module and our module leaders are kind of like, if we ever made it into the industry, which I believe we will, especially you, you're very talented. And oh. uh, I think if one day we make it into the industry, I think like our module and our teachers represent basically the studios or like a big time production company who are going to be like, you have to write this, you have to direct this, you have to do this, do it. That's your time frame. Yeah. I see it like that. <laughs> yeah, and I think that's why I like producing because um, um, you, you, it, it's more like you're making a product then. Like, yeah. it's not like an, when you, because I, 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 like, I produced my last film, I wasn't the director, writer or any, I didn't really mm. have much of a creative footprint on it. Um, I, I just manage like the financials, but you, there is like, there is like this drive to get it done because you don't see it as much as like your creative masterpiece, mm-hmm. which can, you know, can make you not want to do it. You sort of see it as a product, which you want to get out and deliver because, you know, you want to get it into festivals. So you sort so like, I always try and put that producer hat on now um, when I'm like thinking about doing my films, like I want to get this film out rather than I just want to, um, get do something for creativity okay that's incredible okay we're gonna take a quick break for a little bit of music and a little bit of chilling and we'll be back of course it's wave life of course it's me of course we're gonna play Coldplay. we'll be back every teardrop is a waterfall wonderful wonderful i love chris martin i love i love his voice i love his face anyway <laughs> back uh, from our favorite Coldplay. back here with of course tom uh, I mean, there are many questions I want to ask you, but I'll, I'll start with the basics. Okay, so we're talking about Obsession and how it came up and all that stuff. How did you come up with the title? Why did you choose, like, Obsession out of everything? Um, so the original title was Pending Love. Ooh, okay. Um, so the whole idea behind that title was it was someone waiting for love, but it was never going to come to them. Mm, and that's okay. sort of the idea behind the story in a way, in one yeah, way yeah. of looking at it. Um, but... The one of my script writing lecturers said, when you're tightening a script, it's good to like have a one word title, no. which represents the main theme. 
mm-hmm. and I it took me a while to think. Like I was thinking, like, and the word obsession came yeah. to me. It was like, okay, he's obsessed with this girl, and that's why I chose it because that really sums up what the story is about. Literally, um, whereas pending love. Uh, um, Although it might be a bit, I think it's a bit more poetic, maybe. But yeah, but it also seems like it's a title for another story. Yeah, yeah. And I, I will keep that one in my back pot- pocket for course, anything else in the future. But like, um, it, it, it was it was, it was, was because of my lecturers, it was like, oh, you pick a word what goes with the film. And I, that was the word I landed on. Yeah, I like one word titles, uh, one word titles as well. To be fair, every title I write ends up being uh, very pretentious. <laughs> but uh, it's just like my writing. But uh, as one of my friends told me, shout out, I don't know if she's listening, but she's uh, one of my friends, she's a painter, painter, Jasmine. She told me, if it's not yours, like if it doesn't represent you, because I was afraid of my work coming out as pretentious, it's like, if it's not yours, it's not worth it. Yeah. So just put as much, uh, because it's my, it ties into my next question, how much of you goes into your like filmmaking? Um, so part of the, it's sort of like what inspired it was... Um, I like to play with genre. I like genres. I like. To, I want to play with genres. I want. I think that's like being able to transition from a thriller, or well, being able to transition from a romance to a thriller. That's going to take some creative skill, and I think by doing that, I would become a better filmmaker. But in terms of what's gone in it from me, my perspective, is I used to watch them two films with my sister when I was very young. <laughs> so we would watch thrillers, and then. You know, because we was too scared to go to bed, we'll then put like a light rom com on or a romance <laughs> film, and she would always pick what they were. I never got to say, but I thought like, okay, I was thinking like, how about so in this film, I'm going to try and slam them two things together. We used to watch when we was kids. Oh, um, that's so nice. <laughs> but like, um, in terms of like sort of like the themes, I think it's like a common theme which a lot of people have. Like they do, people do get like infatuated with people and get obsessional but it, it, in this film i've took the character to the absolute well yeah to the absolute extreme of that like um and it's i think it's trying to play on that like yeah. that sort of common feeling what some people have but i'm not saying that many people do what seth does in the film yeah obviously <laughs> but uh, it works as a metaphor obviously <laughs> If someone doesn't do this like uh, physically, like Seth yeah. does it, maybe they do it online or digitally. Some people are like that. Yeah. So, yeah, I get it. It's a metaphor. It's an allegory. I like it. Yeah, and I think like one of my targets as a film was um, the one the actor was asking me the other day, uh, Ravel, mm-hmm. um, if Seth was a bad guy or a good guy. Mm-hmm. You know, is he is he f- like what is he fundamentally? And I and I was trying to think like. Because I don't, I never try. I didn't want to write him as a bad yeah. person. I didn't want him, but I, I, I like the idea of the way I tried to explain it was, um, he is, he does, he, what he's doing is like bad. It's wrong. It's like you know, he's pushing boundaries, mm-hmm. but he's, you know, he's not trying to. He's not doing it. He is like in his. I, I view him as a good person at his soul, but he's doing like, sort of like rotten things in a way. Okay, yeah, I get it. There's like a conflict there. But, uh, I mean, uh, speaking of the cast, uh, one of my main questions was, what about casting? What happened? Why did you pick these actors? Uh, how do you see them progressing with the roles and everything? So, um, so we'll start with Seth, who is played by a guy called Raval, lovely person. 
um the first thing i did was i um well we have like things like we had like for, we were told to think of actors you want you might want your your wish list cast mm-hmm. so i had the guy from i'm just going to get his name up quickly mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. there's a certain actor i had in mind who who raval is not like um they're a complete opposite okay yeah i like that so the actor i had in mind was um alex luther mm-hmm. from end of the effing world I don't okay. know if you've seen that series. I've seen that series. And I thought he would be like creepy and sort of like, you know, awkwardly creepy. Um, but like when I saw Raval's cast tape, so we put the casting out on Facebook. He, mm-hmm. People, we then, I, I think he was there, um, we then shortlisted it on people we thought who yeah. who, who had interest in work. Um, and I shortlisted it to a few people. And Ravel sent me like a casting tape with two different versions of him doing the scene and one was like really like creepy like you know you, you felt like he, this guy was a bit sly and all that and the other one felt like um more like it was like an aut- aw- awkward sort of romance Ooh, and i, I like liked the fact that he could do both and i think like this character is someone who needs both them elements in this film so that's sort of why i picked Ravel. um and then in terms of the other actor for Chloe, we ended up going with Maddie. We did have, um, so we did the same process where we shortlisted and asked the people for their mm-hmm. self-taste. But um, one person couldn't do it because of some commitments. Another person um, didn't ever get back to us. But then um, I was sort of like running out of time. And I said, Maddie, would you mind putting a self-tape in? And then she did. And... It was good. It was good. Like some, there were some hiccups in her lines, but that's because she was doing it like very last minute. Yeah. But like, uh, benefit of having Maddie, because she's my partner. You know, the whole film's about following people. I have loads of photos of Maddie, so yeah. that works out. But the other thing is, when I when I put the two characters together, when we did our rehearsals, they really like had good, like better than I expected. Like they really worked well together. Yeah, it's all about uh, if people gel and the chemistry, especially in the romance. Yeah, yeah, and it, it was definitely that. Like, they definitely gel. And I think one thing, like, was having quite conversations about, deep conversations about the characters. And there was times when they was rehearsing the scene. And I did get, I don't give loads and loads of directions. I don't, I'm, I'm quite laid back with that. And they played out the scene not how I expected. There was a scene what's on the, uh, you'll know, it's on the corridor. And it's when they're getting the coffee and they sit mm-hmm. down and she steals his book. And they... They play they they played that scene out in in he was a lot more standoffish like he was more protective and she was a lot more bubbly mm-hmm. and I didn't I didn't envision it like that but I really liked it I thought wow this works I'm gonna let's do it after that first take so like, that works guys we're gonna do Damn. it like that Damn okay that is actually good casting Yeah <laughs> literally I, I think I think some of it's look and I think it's and I think it's sort of like knowing when when you talk to the people not 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 just think of their um casting tape but you know you talk to the people and you think you know like these people are like really want to help and they're really dedicated to their craft and that sort of makes you want to make a better film for them as well Mm -hmm. because it helps them because this is sort of important to them of course of course oh man i really like it it is uh, it is uh as tom said like uh, the number one thing to look out for a good cast is that if they can add into the process of filmmaking and just make it better or if they gel together it's very good 
Yeah. I mean, uh, talk a bit about the crew. I don't, I don't, I don't want us to talk a lot oh, about the crew. Oh, so there's this lovely person on the crew <sighs> called Stop. Evan. Stop. Uh, <laughs> and he didn't do it for the praise. It's the just top like how we <laughs> assembled and all that stuff. How can I talk about the crew without giving like the highest praise? <laughs> They're an amazing team of people. Um, so, yeah, I'll start with how I got the crew. Um, I know a lot of people who are on the crew from Demon FM and um, Course work um but i put out this ad with like just some little graphics on about mm-hmm. who like cinematographer um assistant director and um just like the other roles in sound um and i had like people message me like i had you yeah. message me out anna messed me out a, a bunch of people messaging me. i had more response than i ever expected <laughs> so i think like if you are making a film definitely put like the word out because yeah. like, i think there's a lot more people who want to work on films than you would imagine yeah, with respect to that. I, I I was very surprised at that because uh, as a person who like is aspiring to make his own sort of films and all that stuff, I would never think of this because I'm like, eh, no, no one would actually get interested either as a cast or a crew member to actually send me a DM and all that stuff. But from what you told me, it actually works. Yeah, it it, it does. I think it's because people like, like just love what filmmaking in general. And mm-hmm. um, But yeah, so, so we got this crew. Um, and I feel like it was a good, it's a good team. Uh, so we've got Ed Woodwiss on sound and music. Amazing. Um, Amazing. So, and Tom Dye will be helping with sound as well when Ed's not. But Ed did my last film um, <laughs> and he did the music for it. I organised quite a lot of meetings and he did a fantastic job. And as you know, Ed's on meeting sheets with me. So we have quite a close working relationship. So I think that would be beneficial when it comes to music. Then we have Anna, who's our assistant director. Um, she's very organised. Like, yes, yeah. she's perfect for the role. Yeah, so yeah, she was like, I thought, yeah, when she applies, like, yeah, you're perfect for this. So um, I'm glad to have her on board. And um, again, it's like because it's a small crew. It's like we, I, when we're on, when we've been on uh, doing test shoots, that it's been sort of like an open sort of conversation like about who should we cast who should we mm-hmm. you know what sort of way should we film this and i kind of like that yeah you know that it's been like a like sort of like a project of many people and then we've got um the one and only evan the greek god, oh my god. um who is our cinematographer yes. um proud i'm not gonna lie and i think one thing that what well, i think uh, i particularly like why I want to work with you. I'm excited. Is because we have such a good taste of movies. Yes, <laughs> it's one of my next questions. The more it's coming up. <laughs> we're gonna um, uh, we're gonna nerd out over our movies <laughs> later. But like, I think I think my favorite thing about this team is like, it feels like like we all get along already. Like we're yeah. all having a not not that we're not taking anything seriously, but it, we we um, um, are all having like it feels like we're gonna have a good time on set, and that's what one of my uh, one of my old filmmaker friends who was a yeah. director um, always used to say, like, he wants to, he said he wanted to, like, take, like, a really serious idea and do it in a really lighthearted way. Yeah. I want to be able to take a project, mm-hmm. like a serious project, and make it in a lighthearted way with my team. I, like I think that. I think that gets the best results. And, um, again, I'm, and it's so lovely because, like, I, I, when you start a project, you know, you're on your own and then you find these people. You don't know who who they will be at the beginning um and then they sort of like give you the confidence that you can make it and mm-hmm. you can't thank them enough for that yeah i i will say this it feels like 
friends making a movie and that that is yeah. the best feeling in the world i just just being surrounded by people you like you get along you, sometimes you love it's amazing it's incredible and literally it's going to be a hell of a cast it's going to be a hell of a filming process the next three days but before we go to the next batch of questions of course it's the second like we do have uh, two <laughs> we have two sacred things here in um uh wave life to how is it called things that we do often um two no trends uh, two trends yes yeah. we have two trends here we always play <laughs> we always play coldplay and we always play oasis so we'll be back after <laughs> on the wall and we're back of course hello oasis love that wonderful we're back in wave life and we're back with the one and only tom Hello, <laughs> hello, hello. Yeah, uh, we talked about obsession, but I think it's the time that everyone is waiting for where we where the two of us are waiting for. What are your favorite films as a director? Um, my favorite films, that's a full fast and easy one. Um, I've it, it, it's more it's more what are my favorite franchises? Yes. Pirates of the Caribbean. Yes. And Planet of the Apes. Yes. There you go. <laughs> Uh, we finally got the free reign to actually talk about this because <laughs> usually Maddy beats us up. <laughs> yeah, there's no one in the studio here, so we can we can actually talk about good films. I mean, also Avatar. Oh yeah, Avatar's amazing. Um, quite like Terminator. I wouldn't say it's my one of my favorites, but I like it. How to Train Your Dragon is an amazing <gasps> film. Yes, uh, Wolf of Wall Street. Oh yes, that. Um, poof, it's big. It's like there's a lot of films that I I love. I actually. Um, I, I, but there's also like TV series to like, like The Walking Dead. Game oh yeah, of, of course. Uh, Ozark is my oh, one of my favorites. So it's like a lot of it's them sort of things. I think I think if I had to pick one favorite, I would have to say Pirates of the Caribbean. Oh, yeah. I think I, mean, I think favorite the, favorite Pirates movie. I think what Pirates of the Caribbean does is like so clever. It takes such a, it's like a ride, isn't it? But it, yeah, it's so like light-hearted. It's so escapist. But also at the same time, you know, it, there is a serious story there. Yeah, and I think um, Johnny Depp does such an amazing oh. job at like being like serious but funny at the same time. Like, here's the thing: my favorite one was the first one, and it still is. But I have a really soft spot for the third one, especially the final battle. Oh, ah, that yes. final battle I can see over and over and over again because it's so unique, so creative, so fast. Oh, yeah, I, I love parts of the Caribbean. It's a really nice vibe. <laughs> <laughs> We're like, <laughs> okay, so what do you think? What are some of the films that have influenced you as a filmmaker? <sighs> Uh, I would say, see, I want to say Pirates of the Caribbean, but <laughs> I mean, yeah, okay. it's I, not applicable yet. But yeah, it's not. I I can't um, apply it. Um, so it's like I don't. I I think this is going to be a weird answer because I, I won't say. Sometimes it's not even just the films; it's actually working on some mm-hmm. of the fi- directors I've worked with. Um, that's in, that's like changed my style of filmmaking. Like I, I worked with a few very bad. I won't go name any names, but some very, very awful directors. Okay. Like I've worked with one who was very, like, very much all about himself. Like thought he was yeah. God's gift. He was oh making a gangster film, and you yeah. know, on set he was very like nasty to people. Like he spoke Oof. down to them, shouted at people a Jesus. lot. 
Um, and bear in mind, people are coming here to help him as volunteers. Exactly. For like work experience. And I was like, and then that film never got released properly. Um, and then, but then I've worked with other directors who have been like, where you feel like, as you say, you feel like you're best friends with them all. You know, you are friends with them. You mm-hmm. know, and you feel like, you know, you're fully involved with the film. You, you don't feel like you've got this sort of, um, sort of military-esque, yeah. uh, where you're, you're clap aboard, you're doing that, don't talk to the director. You feel everyone's like, you know, getting along. Yeah. But um so that's sort of how I that's sort of my philosophy about how I'm working a shooter. I say films what have inspired me have been uh I think one film I worked on, the Spider Man Another World, which is a fan film my friend Ooh. made, who Joey, who's a local filmmaker, he that 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 the way we made that was quite inspiring, that way like the the way the crew was on set the way we sort of like enjoyed making it and the result was good. Um, it sort of brought, you know, it brought a lot of people's creative skills in. <laughs> um, like I was camera up, but then we had other camera ops as well. Um, there was some amazing musicians involved and all that. I think in terms, I'm trying to think of like a specific advanced example from like a mainstream film, which I would say particularly inspired me. Um, I think things like Ozark Ooh. have. I think the way they took tone and have. Oh, right. One thing what particularly inspired this film was The Crown. Oh, yes. Um, if yes. you've seen the episode Beryl, which is about the photographer. Yes. That, like, cinematography wise, that, 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 that's it for this film. Like, that's, I love that. Um, and that sort of style and tone and the, the interactions I really liked and, you know, I, I could watch that episode over and oh, over that's again. That's a good episode. So that's another one that's inspired me. But like, I think I think it's a, it's one of the things where I've made this film. I've made this film coming out. The rest of our, our visor worked as a camera op or re, more recent producing. And then my last mm-hmm. film was back in 2017. So it's like I've not really explored what my I am as a director yet much. Um I've only explored that via being a camera op or a producer from that perspective. So, but I would love to make something more like Pirates of the Caribbean. And like this film is quite, I would say it's a bit of a dark film, Ooh, yes. which has its romantic moment. I want to make something what's, you know, fun. <laughs> Next. Yes. Hopefully we will get to make it. Don't worry. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, share some of your favorite uh, directors. Oof. I, I think it's David Fincher. Oh yes, I, I I definitely think it's him. Um, I've been watching his uh, a, a few interviews um, with him because I I'm not I'm not a massive loyalist when it comes to directors. Like, I I think yeah, I think I I have movies I like, mm-hmm. but David Fincher like has such a cool control of the cinematography, but it's so subtle. Like with the Social Network, it's another amazing oh, film. Incredible, I love it so much. It's all the slight movements, like what really like bring you in. Um but also like I like what he I've watched a lot of interviews before doing this film from him about making mm. films. I just kinda like agree with a lot of what he says. Like it's not just about the actors getting it right or the shot getting it right. It's mm. about everyone peaking at the same time. Yeah. Like the sound getting it right, the the camera is on point, the actors are on point. It's about getting to that peak yeah. all at the same time, um, and that sort of like really inspired me. And and I, I think in terms of other directors, 
I had a, like a Martin Scorsese phase. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't say he's one of my favorite directors though. Mm-hmm. I like, I liked, I had a Stanley Kubrick phase, but again, I wouldn't say he's one of my favorite directors. But I found him interesting as a director. Mm-hmm. Um, I did study Edgar Wright for a bit as well. Amazing, I love him and so much. I liked him too. Um, I think, but I think David Finch is probably the top one. Uh, I couldn't think of anyone. I mean, if I don't know, is there, is there a sole director of Pirates of the Caribbean? Because they will be my favorite. I mean, uh, yes. Um, uh, Gore Verbinski, who's actually pretty famous, did the first three fo- movies. Yeah. And he's famous for doing The Ring. Like the the, yeah. the, the horror movie The Ring. That's where he became popular. And then he did uh, Pirates of the Caribbean 1 to 3. Then he did uh, Rango, which is an animated one, and The Lone Ranger. He has done a lot of stuff. He, he he's a really nice director. He's one of my favorites because I really like his style. It, it, he gets dark when he has to. He gets dark, and also the ring re- recently rewatched it stands out still. Yeah, I I I think like yeah, anyone who directs Pirates of the Caribbean <laughs> is is one of the top directors in the world. <laughs> now, do you think like I noticed like like no like DOPs and uh, uh, directors from Norway. Nor- or Sweden are really good. Yeah. Why do you think like Swedish people and Norwegians and Scandinavians are so good at filmmaking? I don't understand this. I think that the, it has to ha- something to do with the, their version of cinema. Yeah. Because Scandinavian cinema is very calm, quiet, and all about the mood and the setting. Yeah. And I think that's like what get, makes them good. That if I hear that this film was directed by someone from Norway, I'm like put me a seat it's gonna be good <laughs> yeah i'm not gonna lie it's actually kind of true okay another fun question which is like a this or that type of thing uh oscars or cans <sighs> which one do you would you prefer what to go to for example you made it as a um, filmmaker which one would you prefer to be honored at cans <sighs> or oscars probably the oscars okay i would say because oscars is i in my vision uh, like vision is like your like the, the establishment director, but mm-hmm. as as far as it goes, I'm not bothered. Yeah. By Oscars or Cannes, particularly. I'm more of a Cannes guy. <laughs> yeah. I'm I'm the very uh, for people who don't understand, I'm the very pretentious, <laughs> <laughs> very indie style of like, oh, I want to be enjoyed in front of my peers. <laughs> I think I think for me, if my if my film got featured on like the Financial Times and yeah. it, it made millions, that would be that would be the award. Like, ah. Okay, let's go more with this or that. Uh, if you had a chance, Marvel or DC, which one would you like to direct? Uh, See, I'm not. I, I like my. I've I've only started to like Marvel films. I do think they're like candy mm-hmm. floss. I think I would go for a DC one, but I would nice. have to go for Batman, like because like out of all, I'm not a massive superhero film mm-hmm. person, but the one I like really love and get excited for, I will go to, um, is Batman. And you know who directed the fi- the latest Batman? Oh, I can't. Matt Reeves, who directed also Planet, Planet of the Apes. Yeah, he's another director who's got to be up there. And he, <sighs> you know, he's and, incredible. And again, that that Batman film was really good. Oh, it, it, yes. Like Star Wars, um, but then Christopher Nolan, who's also amazing. Incredible, director. incredible. Like you, every Nolan you film, you don't get bored. Inception. Yeah, Love Inception. Inception. Uh, what's the next one? What, what's in all in reverse? Memento. Memento. Yeah, uh, there's so many good films of his, which are good. So, but he did a really good take on Batman, and it's so different to what Matt Reeves does. And I think I would want to do a Batman. Okay, 
Alright, would you prefer to do a psychological horror film or more of a slasher kind of uh, jump scare monsters and stuff like that? I'll probably go for, like uh, slasher next. I, I <laughs> Me think... too. <laughs> I'd imagine. I mean, it's happening. I think the reason for that is because this one isn't a psychological psychological thriller, but it is like on that in that. It has the tone. Yeah, it's sort of in that realm mm-hmm. where I would, I feel that like I would want to do a slasher and I would want to make it fun. I want to make a really fun slasher. <laughs> and I feel like you could do that on like a small budget. I feel like it'd be a lot of risk assessments. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you're good. A lot of slasher films happen in uh, small budget. So, okay. Uh, we'll be back with more, of course, uh, because uh, one of uh, our esteemed guests is in an Elvis face. We're going to play some Elvis. We're going to play Can't Help Falling in Love because I love that song and I loved it when it played in the new movie. It was an amazing scene. So let's go with some Elvis Presley and we'll be back. And of course we're back and we're falling in love with, I mean, filmmaking. I mean, okay, yeah, that's a good idea, actually. Let's ask that question. What made you, what makes you, well, what originally made you fall in love with filmmaking? Um, I don't know. I think it was like one of those things. I like making YouTube videos. We all start like that. Yeah, right? we all start like that. That's Same, the, everyone. The classic start. Uh, I think um, I did media studies and film studies as GCSEs. Um, and I sort of like appreciated films a lot more after doing mm-hmm. film studies. Like A lot of people say like you know, you do media studies and then you see the shots. Um, I can sort of, I, I think a good film, when you watch it, you can sort of switch all that off and it's very immersive or at least it adds to it. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, I, I started, I think the first time I ever made any type of film was when I was on holiday in Mallorca. And mm-hmm. and I my, we had one of them, like, you know, them old cameras, what you played around with and you had a CD. Oh, yes, yes, yes. I love them. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, that sounds our age, but still. And, and they... for kids who don't know, um, it was actually a very revolutionary concept because um, back then digital cameras were like, just, just having the the flipping uh, uh, view, the digital view was like revolutionary to us. But what was amazing, it was very like everywhere on, uh, how's it? in advertisements in TV. I could see yeah. it everywhere. There was those cameras that literally had a CD ROM where you would put the ROM in, you would put the CD in, and when you record, it would be ready. Like the DVD would be like. On the spot, yeah, and oh, it's so weird. It's awesome, and it was something about that. Like we had them little CDs, and you, what you could film. I think you could film about half an hour on a CD, yeah, maybe. Yeah, it was something, a... something like that. And it was very, it, you know, it felt very like you know, you couldn't shoot loads. Like today, filming isn't as sometimes filming like on your phone. It isn't as special. Like yeah, you're getting a cool moment, but like it was like it felt fun doing it. Yeah. Um. But yeah, basically, my first experience filming was when I um, like had the family camera and I just took it for a bit and I was just filming, pretend, like running around. Just <laughs> I wasn't f- making a film myself. I was just messing around with the camera, filming stuff, but like 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 pretended to be like a soldier at some points and stuff like that. It was that was when I was very young. And then I think like I got into doing it with my friends when we when we started like a YouTube channel and then we started making oh, videos. Like it started as a gaming channel actually. Yes. <laughs> but, but it was also back when we filmed our screams 
playing the video game rather than like record it on a yeah. capture card oh my god so, so, that old damn yeah. i remember that phase <laughs> two i went through it to her but then like you know i think as i did like gcses and then um you know in media and film and then i went on after that to like volunteer in like local film communities mm-hmm. i started to really like enjoy doing it like professionally it was like you know like i wanted to that as a career um and i enjoyed being on sets as well i, I did it didn't matter that i was director or not i enjoyed just being on a film set i enjoyed that yes. atmosphere um so yeah it's sort of it was sort of like i just sort of what naturally walked into it but then like let like nowadays like, i don't do as many narrative films or working as many local films i do more like if i'm doing something it's more to do with a brand or something they want a promo and i really enjoy doing that mm-hmm. um oh and then there's my main as a creative outlet at the minute is mead and cheese <laughs> yes uh but yeah it's sort of like that's how i sort of traveled into the film industry um i, I would say there was like one moment where i was like i want to be a filmmaker it was sort of like a journey into it yeah it, it always is a journey with its ups and downs and everything yeah i'd say the same yeah, I think like I, I think it's like what you were saying earlier. Like you know, originally you want to be the director. Yeah. Uh, but because obviously that's the thing you hear about on TV and everything. But I think like I've also really enjoyed being a producer. I've really yeah. enjoyed. I love camera operating. I I but I've also enjoyed doing other things like you know just being, uh, just doing a clapperboard like you know that yeah. just being on the set. If you like, if you enjoy being on sets, like you enjoy that sort of atmosphere, then you know that's that's what it is because i've worked on a lot of films where i've not actually watched the films we've made but i enjoyed the experience of you know working on the set okay that's incredible and another thing that i have uh another question that i have is so you talked about like directing not being your favorite and what is the definitive favorite position like you love all of them I, i'm saying but thus far like right now what do you feel is like your favorite position in the filmmaking that, that's a complicated question that's, i know that's quite um i i would struggle to say uh decisively one because i went into this degree solely wanting to be a cinematographer and i still think that was my favorite would be my favorite position um but i i find that one being a dop i sometimes can find it quite stressful because you know you're responsible for the whole you know clarity of the image yes. Um, I, I, I like working as a DOP in a team, really. Um, I have really enjoyed producing. Like, I didn't expect... That was something I didn't expect to find this year. Like, because you get to manage a project and you're not you're not solely, like, creatively responsible, but you are... I feel like if you're the producer, you're pushing that project forward. That project is getting done because of you. Yeah, I like that. I so, like that a lot. I think, like, it will be... I think it's still a split between cinematography. It would have been just cinematography, but now it's a split between cinematography and producing. Oh, who knows? Maybe we'll work in the future and I'll help you produce one of my scripts. That would be nice. Yes, I would love that. Yeah, yeah we're going to do it. Okay, uh, we're going to take another quick music break and we'll be back with some Reddit questions because I went into the Filmmakers Reddit and I found some interesting questions. So we'll go to another staple of mine, of course, Justin Timberlake. <laughs> Miros will be back. This is Leicester's Student Sound. Demon FM. And Demon FM will get new jingles. I kind of have made sure of it with uh, the new committee. So 
I'm like, we have to make the jiggles, guys. Come on. <laughs> okay. So I'm here. Uh, I, as always, people know in all of my shows, I use Reddit. I'm a big Redditor. I am a degenerate, but anyway. <laughs> there are always interesting questions on Reddit, and I think it will be interesting to go into the filmmakers' Reddit, uh, subreddit, get some of their questions, answer it together with uh, our wonderful director. Cool. And our director of photography, let's see. So, do film directors yell all the time during set? No. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> no, uh, I've always... Well, I, I think sometimes it's a... Well, yell, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think it's a sign that you've yeah, that you're losing control of your set if you're shouting. I think so too. Yeah, it. Like I've been on sets where you've had shouty directors. They're not good experiences, and they they when you when you're angry mm-hmm. and people are shouting, it sort of, in my opinion, it it, it, it halters creativity and halters productivity. I think the best directors I've worked for are quite calm and relaxed. Yep. And I I completely agree. It's the best way to actually... I mean, two things that I hate in life is shouting and whining. If you end up uh, being a very... If a director ends up whining all the time or screaming all the time, he's either lost control or he's here to dump his problems on the rest of the crew. And that's not how you work. (laughs) Yeah. You're supposed to be steering the ship to a direction. You're not supposed to make everyone miserable. Yeah, exactly. And I think, like, I sometimes you have to sort of humbleize sometimes as a director. Like, it is just another job. Like, mm-hmm. people sort of very yeah, directors are in charge of the the creative sort of process on the set. You know, that you've got to respect that respect that these are people are there working, putting their time in. Because like on a, on a like let's say a Hollywood set or any set, what's paid, everyone's there just to do a mm-hmm. job at yeah. the end of the day, including the director. Exactly. But I don't think I, I can't really think many times where there's where uh, shouting is really necessary. Like maybe some dangers happen. You shout. Okay. Yeah. Obviously, yeah. <laughs> if but, someone is gonna like fall apart and uh, light up the set on fire, you'll scream, "What the is happening <laughs> over there?" Obviously. Yeah. Uh, but we're talking the instruction phase more like. Yeah, and yeah. I don't. I think that goes to like most crew as well. I think when you, and I've had to deal with this before as a producer, is when you start having crew arguing any crew like you have, yeah you have a director of photography arguing with the director you know or you have an overly sort of rowly assistant director who's shouting at people it's distracting yeah very like, you're killing time like and also i've told some of my crew like as a producer like i'm like the like i i you know you're making you're you're meeting and greeting all the people you've got to make sure like if you've got external actors that they're comfortable you know, and if you you've got your crew shouting mm. in front of your actors, it gives off a totally unprofessional vibe. Yeah, yeah, I one hundred percent agree. Moving on to the next question, uh, there's a person here. Uh, I'm not gonna read the name because I don't know that their username is very weird. <laughs> so they so they give up my desire to go into filmmaking. Should what well, should I forget? Give up? the person says like, should I give up? I have a desire to go into filmmaking. Should I completely give up? And I'm like. It depends, but mostly no. I'm like, but it depends. Like, like a lot of people say, filmmaking's not for everyone, right? If that's exactly. the star for that. It's for very few people. I would say. I would say, and it depends. What so you're just, like, where, where does that come from? Is it a particular career path? Do you want? Do you particularly want to be a director? Or do you mm. particularly do you like the idea of being director, or do you actually like being a director, yeah. or do you like the idea of being a, a sound person, or do you just 
or do you actually enjoy it? So if you enjoy it, if you enjoy doing the things, um, do it. And that's not to say, you know, you're having a bad day, give up. No, if you're just having a few or a few bad months, if you know you enjoy it, though deep down, if yeah. you know you enjoy it, continue. If you don't, maybe try and think, because there's so many other different careers out there, you know. Yeah. You know, it's. I think you should only do it if it's something you generally enjoy i would say this uh your career path is not a straight line you won't just pick something and it will go sometimes it leads you into places you never know so i as i always said be open to everything try everything yeah you might think that filmmaking is all for you but after you might down the line find something else that like completely represents you so yes don't give up on chasing your dreams or doing something with your life but don't be so stubborn that you just hit yourself into a wall all the time trying to open it it's not the door it's yeah. a wall yeah and just to add to what you're saying is about dreams it's like mm. your dreams you you can change your dreams you're allowed to dream your dreams from when you were a kid yeah can change from when you're an adult and they can change from a year's time you, you know as you go on this journey you'll sort of figure out what you want to do don't think of like i want to do this thing because it's going to make me you know look really cool yeah or like it's cool to be a director it looks cool. Yeah, sure. Similar here. I I used to love being a director. I, it was a dream of mine. And then I was like, no, this is not for me. It doesn't work for me. Yeah. I cannot be a director. I don't think I could ever be. I don't think I could be a full-time director, yeah. to be honest. I, 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 I like doing the off project. Yeah, of course. But <laughs> it, it can be very stressful. And, yeah. You know, you don't, you know, you got to think, like, if you're enjoying it or not. Yeah. Okay. Does becoming a filmmaker in Hollywood just boil down to luck? Um... I think this adds on to like privilege. Yeah. Um and starting out like okay, so say if you live in Hollywood, you're more likely mm-hmm. to probably go into Hollywood, right? Obviously. Um I'm going to expand that to like do do I expand that to the whole like upper industry like it's weird because like, like there's a lot wood. of factors that go into. Yes, you yeah. can get lucky and literally just end up in Hollywood. Yeah. That happens to a lot of people, right? Uh, I remember the classic story of Harrison Ford. He was just the guy there to fix the cells. He was like a wood carpenter and just George Lucas was like, hey, can you read those lines? Because I have no yeah. actor showed up. And then he was like, oh, I like you. I'll hire you and make you one of the best Hollywood actors ever. Sometimes you get lucky. Yeah. Sometimes, yes, you're coming from a privileged family. My biggest like uh, example is I love Nicolas Cage. What people don't know is Nicolas Cage is like uh, the, ca- the nephew of uh, Francis Ford Coppola. <laughs> people don't know it. And I'm like, holy I crap. Yeah, some people like literally will always have, uh, you might have the family connections. But, but, and I know this, there is the off chance that you make it through hard work. Let's not be honest. It's not completely shut off. It's not yeah. completely. Uh, but you also will need to play the game at the same time. But what I always said is like, being from a, a family that's in the system, won't make you, like, there are plenty of actors who are bad actors, but the parents were an actor, so they're an actor or a director. Yeah. A lot of them are not that good. It happens, like, you know, talent cannot be taught and work ethic also cannot be taught. And I think that uh, sometimes you might be from a family and have a secure job, but why would you care? It's a secure job. Yeah. So you don't have the same work ethic as someone else who worked their way up. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Um I think like you have to play your cards the best you can. Like mm-hmm. you can't, you can't really change who you you know where you're from. You know, you can't you can't change your what what resources you have yeah. in, in, unless you really like you know you can't change them instantly mm. per se. Um, but you have to play your cards to your best ability. And I think it's about probability. Like look is about probability. Like um, 
so you say Harrison Ford was mm. pitched because he was on a set of George Lucas. He was he. That's because he was near the set. Exactly. Like if he was all the way over the other side of America, um, exactly. working in a different industry, then he wouldn't have been pitched. But because he's closer, the probability is like there. So get try and get into that ecosystem. I'd say yeah. whatever it takes. Like it doesn't matter if your career goal is to be a DOP. Yeah, of course. Um, try starting with anything in that ecosystem so you can you know start to see how it works because then once you're in the ecosystem your probability of kicking off your career in hollywood is higher yeah your network will expand a lot of stuff can come up as i said be open to anything and everything okay and the last few questions there are two uh, one of them is, what is the best video editing app on phone for you? I don't edit much on my phone. Uh, <laughs> as a person who does a lot of uh, TikTok content and I did a lot of show reels for Here for Demon, use CapCut. It's amazing. CapCut. Yes. It, it's C-A-P-C-U-T. So like cutting a cup. I, I don't know. It's weird, but yeah. it's the best phone app. It can do anything from, it has a perfect resizing tool, which literally tells you if it's Instagram or TikTok. Yeah. or uh, YouTube, depending on like the resizing that you want. It's very good to blur things if you don't have it in like profile mode. And it has very cool automatic uh, automatic captions. Oh, You can do a lot of stuff with it. It's very good. It's very professional. It's incredible how it is. Like you can put voiceover, the cutting is easy. So my advice to this person, AM11, yes, uh, is this, literally use CapCut. It's amazing. I use it all the time. Yep. The one I have used is called SoLoop, mm. um, but it's not like editing in the way you know you're editing your own footage. What it does is sort of like will edit the footage for you. Oh, that's in nice. a style you pick. Oh, that's cool. And and it's like so it would make like a so you you'd upload a load of media so you photos mm. your videos and you put like oh I want it in like action style and it would do some it, it, it's very basic but it does it. It's done like a few cool videos and it adds oh. transitions automatically. How's it called? So loop. So loop. Yeah, that, that's a good one. But yeah. again, it's not much of a. It's like more of an automatic editing app rather than <laughs> what you were describing as an actual editing app. Okay, and um, the last question. It's uh, it's a really one that I really like. So it's a quote from Tarantino, and the question is: Do you agree with Tarantino's quote? So let's go. You don't have to know how to make a movie. If you truly love cinema with all your heart and with enough passion, you can't help but make a good movie. Do you agree or not? Uh, I mean, I don't think there's anything wrong with what he said there. Um, I, I think what he's trying to say is, like, if you love films, then you'll make films. And mm-hmm. then if you love films and you understand films, you'll try and make the best film. I think, I think that's pretty much what he's trying to say. Um, which is true if you if you're committed to that because you know it, it's like making a good film isn't just about there's set there's elements you can improve on it's not like mm-hmm. it's not all nat you know it's not natural talent it's it's everything you can work on like say if you want to make a film like particularly in this film I want to improve the sound the music I want everything of that to be good so you can aim to improve yeah. things in each movie you make. Yeah, I'm about uh, I'm about a similar wavelength. Of course, I believe if you have the passion, you can't help but being an ace in it. But it's really nice sometimes to have, uh, and that's the reason why I chose to go to university. Is like either have the blueprint or have a kick in the butt. Yeah. Because sometimes your own um, procrastination might get in the way, and you need someone to go like make a film, make yeah. media, edit. 
do something. I, I've never really particularly liked it when filmmakers say you shouldn't, you know, film school, well, they, they call it film school, any yeah, film degree is not worth it because you can just go make a film. I think you have to take each person as an individual case. Like some yeah. people, yeah, film, make, film school wouldn't be the right path. Yeah. You know, they want to do it on their own. They're, they might be really, really self-disciplined and do it mm-hmm. their way. But some people might need that structure, you know, and that's how they can excel. It, it's about picking a path that works for you. Of course. And, and, and remember, there's, like, there's a diverse amount of media careers, there's a diverse amount of types of directors and ty- types of films to make. So there's a, there should it, it makes sense that there's a diverse way of getting in there. Yeah, I, I will agree with the same. It depends on the people. I've always used the... Uh, I mean, I'm doing a media school right now, but I'm thinking for postgraduates doing a master's in filming, the same course, of course. Oh, yes. Everyone I'm, loves I'm that like course. I'm like a recruiter. Yeah, you are a recruiter. <laughs> Everyone loves that course. But I will say this. For me, it's more like um, giving you... How can I say? Leading the fire, the creative inspirational fire in you. Yeah. So you meet with people, you interact with people, you do stuff. So ideas just come up naturally and yeah. you need to be in that buzz. You cannot just wake up and do it on your own. Some people can because you might have some friends who are into that stuff or want to help. Or some people just like doing that, like creating something out of nothing. But I like being in the buzz more than just creating something out of nothing. So I think, I mean, media school has worked for me. So uh, you yeah. could, I guess you could say I found what I've been looking for. Fun enough, Tom Grennan, <laughs> found what I've been looking for, will be back after this quick song. And we have found what we've been looking for because, I mean, we're doing what we want right now and life is good. Yeah. <laughs> I will say that one. Okay, back with some more questions from our favorite website on the internet, Reddit. Reddit. <laughs> okay, so another one that I really like and I, I would like your answer because I was struggling with that as well. Mm-hmm. Using a nickname instead of your real name as a filmmaker. Because this is going, uh, for people who don't know, I have a very difficult to pronounce name, Evangelos. Even worse to yeah. say the whole thing, Evangelos Alexeou, it's impossible. That's why I made it Evan, but um, do you think? I, I think that's a very personal choice, isn't it? Like what you mm. do. Um, I think one thing you have to look at is, first off, is how many people are called that name. And mm-hmm. are there already any big established names called that? So See, that's a cool thing. There's not a lot of uh, very yeah. cool established Evans. So there's a lot of Thomas Jacksons just about. <laughs> They're just about. So I normally style it on the credits as Thomas A. Jackson. And I Ooh. think there's only one or two of them. That's um, a cool one. And then if you become the biggest one, then you're fine. You know, you just have to become the biggest one. Um, I think in terms of nicknames, uh, you can do. Uh I think it. I think it's down what you want to be perceived as. Like, uh, true. it's sort of like also like. I mean, I've no. I'm not famous, so I wouldn't know. <laughs> but I think sometimes using an, a, a nickname for when you're famous, like you know, you say, let's say my credit would be so Alec, and then but everyone who knows me personally calls me Tom. Yeah. You know that makes it. You know. You know that makes you know your profile like you have like a like a profile which is out there for the whole public and then you have a profile what's just for the people you know. Okay. Uh, I, I will say the same. To be fair, I always struggle yeah. because my name is long, my name is Bing, but 
I like my name. To be fair, I prefer Evan than Evangelos. So I, I of course, stick with Evan. And fun fact, I will make it my legal name in a few years. Really? Like yeah, I really want to change it to Evan. Evan. So, 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 when did it become Evan? I'm interested. So, actually, the story goes: I was working my nine to five job at a toy store, and one of the employees we were talking about because I was telling her, "Oh, I'm going to England. I would like to uh, have a career in the West." Yeah. And I'm like, "But I'm struggling with my name because my name is Evangelos. The other pronunciation of the name is Vangelis, which is even worse." So I'm like. And and I, and I was saying like Evangelos, Evangelos, Evangelos. She goes like, "What about Evan?" I'm like, "Evan?" She's like, "Yes, Evangelos, Evan." I'm like, "Oh, Evangelos, yeah, that's cool, Evan Alexiu. I like it." And the reason why I didn't cut my surname, which I want to do Evan Alex, because it's easier to pronounce. I'm yeah. like, to be fair, I'm lucky enough that both Alex and Alexiu is like uncommon as a surname. So <laughs> yeah, you want your surname being uncommon um, uh, is more interesting. Yeah, it is more it's interesting. Like Evan Alex, I. Uh, I think Evan Alexio. Alexio. That's cool. He's, Sounds like a filmmaker. Yeah. But I, I do like the name Eva, Eva, Evangelos. Evangelos. Sorry, my pronunciation is awful. But I'd like the name. I like the name yeah. if I was if I could use it as a single thing. So like I could sign off everything as Evangelos. Yeah. So I was even interesting in doing it like kind of a nickname thingy where it's like just yeah. Evangelos, nothing else. But I don't know. Would it work? I don't. I, I'm confused. I, I mean, I I could say it. You know, I'm butchering it at the minute. See, but like, I think people would be able to say it. I think it will be distinctive enough for yeah. film, so it's gonna be like, oh, yeah. like uh, directed by Evangelos, cinematography by Evangelos. You just see a one name, Evangelos, and you're, and you're yeah. like, what is this? I like it, but no, I prefer. It sounds a- like a perfume brand. You could <laughs> you could bring an Evangel. Every time I think think to say it, I say it wrong, Evangelos. <laughs> if I say it, I'll just say it right. Uh, yeah, it's like the new eau de toilet for men. Evangelos. Okay, no. <laughs> I'll go with Evan because I like it and I want to make it my legal name yeah. as well. To be fair, I do have a Chinese name as well, but I'm not directing a Chinese film yet. So, what's your Chinese name? Liu Wenhao. And that does that mean... Evangelos. Okay. It literally means Evangelos. Wenhao means Evangelos. Okay. And so, is your name common in Greece then? Oh, yes. My name is very common in Greece, but it's not common abroad. Yeah. And yes, I did did the things that you told me. I actually said, are there very popular Evan people? Not that many. Not that many in the film or acting industry. I'm like, yes. Yes. Yeah, I get so it. So like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's going to stick. I remember so, it. But, so my name is Thomas, right? Mm. Um, and I, I, I've always shortened that. Most, everyone does. To Tom. Yeah. Like, so that's... Um, I, I wouldn't go through the legal procedure to change that, though, because... Yeah. Because um, I just use Tom, I bet. Can't you use your Evan interchangeably with Evangelos? Oh, yeah, always. Yeah. Like, uh, as I do now. But uh, and I have a love and hate relationship with my name. Yeah. I do not mind it in English because it sounds profound and uh, unique and something like very like esteemed and all that stuff. Yeah. But in Greek, I hate it. <laughs> because everyone calls me Evangelis, which is like the, the the pronunciation that you have in Greek. It's the most common, yeah. common one. And I hate that name so badly. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> I like Evan. I always yeah. did. It's simple. Evan's it's a good weird. name. It's, it's a good yeah. name. It's simple. It's weird. And it's one that I chose. 
So, yes, I do have a Chinese name, which is uh, Wen Hao. The Wen one Hao. thing that I like about Evangelos is if you, because I want to start speaking Spanish, I want to learn Spanish, it, it has its own Spanish translation, so it is Evangelos. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, that's cool. <laughs> cool. I like it. And my friend's name is Vangel. It's the translation that it goes, it's insane. Mm. Anyway, <laughs> by passing names, I'm sorry for the quick rant. Um... So one of my favorite as well is what camera, and I'm saying this to my professional here, what camera do you recommend for a new filmmaker under 350? 350, okay, that's, um, okay, cool. Uh, I would recommend um, any camera. Now, what I, right, so so if they have 350 pounds total, mm. I would recommend you get um, a DSLR. Like yes, I was can- able to say that. Canon. Uh, used. You can go used. Yeah. There are some, so many that are used and so, they're in good condition. It doesn't have to be... I think you can find a good one. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, they're not from Britain probably, but if they are in Britain, you can use... Uh, look at CEX. I think they have a lot. My first camera was a Canon 700D and I've only just upgraded that recently um, after seven years of having it. Um, yeah, even through Amazon you can find yeah. with... Uh, a lot of Canon with 350 SE here. Yeah, I imagine. So I, the reason I would oh. recommend a 700D is because it's got a flip-out screen. Yes, I love and it so much. And a It's a lot easier. You'll, you'll thank. You know, if you get one without a touchscreen, it's you know, it's it, you get used to it. But it's. it's I have it's used pain. it before, and I actually won a film uh, on it, like a regular film. It's very good. It's very good. 700D is very good. It's very good, and I reckon you could get one for two 200 pounds. Um, yeah, maybe even maybe less on eBay. Uh, it's around yes from what I'm seeing here you can see the because I have popped up there's like eBay there's Amazon you can find it used for like 200 or and, if you're and then I recommend you get some lens like oh, a, a yes. nice lens the lenses will take you further um, the lenses yes. will take you further to so get a nice lens yeah because I Maybe. think lens is uh, very underrated <laughs> so many people are like oh I got the camera I'm fine I'm like no you're not my favourite lens for my 700D is my Sigma 17 to 50mm f2.8 but um, I took that ice skate and it's got a scratch but you could you, they're, they're a bit more pricey uh, probably leave that for a while they're about 250 or you might be able to get one for 170 but that'll go over your budget but I would recommend just getting a lens um, Definitely. You I mean you can get vintage lens, like get get your kit lens, but then get try maybe try some vintage lens because you can get yeah. some really like cheap ones from like twenty quid. Um, I like vintage lens; it's a very smart idea. And then make sure you get make sure you also get your audio equipment because you know, oh, yes, don't don't delay an audio. Don't you know if you're going to spend money if you want to start, you know you want the full kit. You don't want to just yeah. have the camera that's a bad uh, mistake yes i will say this as well never underestimate audio bad audio is way worse than bad visual yeah our ears are more sensitive than our eyes it's uh, very important and then also get some light in yeah yeah that's the, the you know what i think lighting is the trickiest part of filmmaking for me yeah. from all the equipment it's always the trickiest it's like do i put more do i put less well, actually, what is your suggestion into that in lighting? So, uh, what would you prefer, an overly lit scene or a less of from an editor's point of view? <laughs> uh, I think underlit would is sometimes easier. From, yeah. um, I think sometimes if you overlit, it's harder to make it. Depends how underlit it is, but if it's overlit, I imagine it's harder to bring down. Yeah, Where true. if it's underlit, you might be able to increase the power a bit. 
but also like it depends on your personal style as well do you want that heavy lighting or not like you could do you could go on for like full noir lighting if that's the style you want or you could go for like quite realistic lighting personally i, I prefer like I, I i you know they're all quite interesting to do um i quite like neon lighting myself oh yeah i love neon lighting yeah. as well but yeah i think if you are making a kit make sure you get lighting camera audio um and a lens okay uh the next two questions that we have is uh there's a person here says i'm about to produce a rap slash trap music video should i go up for 24 fps or 120 oh a rap what plus uh so it's gonna be a rap slash trap style music video okay, you so know rapping and they're asking if they go for 24 or 120 uh fast I mean, it depends what you're trying to do. Like, I don't really know the contents of the story. He actually doesn't give more. Oh, he he says, like, I love the 24p cinematic look, but, but is there any downsides? Can I achieve cinematic look even in 120 FPS? Or can I use 24 without worries? Um, right, so um, the one thing there is achieving the cinematic look is a range of things, isn't it? Yeah. It's the lighting, it's the sound, it's the... It's the angles, it's the movement, it's, yeah. it's everything. So, but I think what they're asking there is there's a certain look to 24 frames per second, which is like mm-hmm. the movie look. Um, if you particularly want that, then go for that. Uh, but also you can still, loads of films what are, which would have the cinematic look have used 120 frames per second. Exactly. For and, if you're going, and if you're going for a more fast pace, because I don't know the, the pacing of the video. Yeah. Because it's a rap song, it could go slow, but it could also go like completely crazy fast. If you're going yeah. for a way more faster, I would say go with as many FPS as you can. And if you're going with a more slow, I would say use the cinematic look 24. But I don't think he has to be worried about 24. I don't I don't think it would be that problematic. Yeah, I don't think there's nothing to be worried. Yeah, there's nothing to be worried about. They're both different frame rates. Yeah. I, w- I really only use uh, over I use 100 frames per second for slow motion that's what oh I'm yes for. That, that, so, obviously uh, for for like, I normally would stick to 25 well that's for the UK 24 for America mm-hmm. um, but yeah I would stick to 25 for movie making unless I'm using slow-mo where I would go up to 100 or whatever the scene required but there is circumstances like The Hobbit was all shot on yep. 60 frames per second, I think it was. Yeah. Uh, or maybe even 120, but that was because I was using a lot of VFX. Yeah, it was very VFX heavy, like a production compared to Lord of the Rings. No, no, no. Yeah. So many CGI. I don't think you have the production budget for this moment. So, and the last one, which is like completely creative and I really like it, so weird. Uh, what animal or object can be used to represent fate in a film? Fate. Oof. And for this, in order to have some uh, fun with it, I'll actually read some of the answers. Let's see what the community say. Uh, let me see. A spilled bowl of cherries. Huh. Almost any animal. A black cat. I like that. Because it's supposed to be bad luck. I like that. A raven or a crow. Um... Mm, Uh, dice, I mean, obviously. <laughs> but yeah. he is asking for, like, an uh, animal. And one that I liked, it's not an animal, but I really liked it because it gives me Macbeth vibes. I don't know if you have read or seen Macbeth. Yeah. It's like three sisters, one spins, one gathers, and one cuts it off at the end. <laughs> Get it? So it's like three yeah. sisters. 
that are getting like uh, the fruit. Yeah. Let's say like uh, grapes or anything. Uh, one of them like spins around and vines the fruit. One of them gathers them, and the other one just cuts them off. Okay, I like that. Yeah. But okay, speaking of animals, I would say like an eagle. It looks cool. Eagle. It could be fate. But no. Oh, you know what? If you want to use it in more scenes in your film, you always go with smaller. Uh, people usually go with sparrows because they are small birds and they can show up at any yeah. time. Sparrow is nice. <laughs> Sparrow. Uh, I. I don't really know any animals that represent fate. Yeah, it's fate a, is a weird thing. Difficult one. Like, um, when? because like fate is uh, has so many interpretations. Yeah. So it's very difficult. It's not like, oh, love. What are we going to do? I don't know, a bunny. Hey, it's easy, you yeah. know? It's easy to find an animal that represents more uh, simple qualities. But we'll be back with more. We'll be back with more. Fe- uh, let's listen to Andrew McMahon, one of my favorite artists. And get on my wave because it's a song about going to the beach, which is what we would like to do right now. So, yes, get on my wave. Oh, that would be really nice. And we're back on Wave Life with more questions from Reddit for us, the Filmmaker Society. As I said before, I cannot believe how gentle and cool everyone is and giving advice in this subreddit. It's weird that there's no fights. Is this Reddit? What's going on? But uh, I guess that actually talks about filmmakers, especially independent ones. Okay. Uh, keeping on the theme of music videos, there's one that says music video advice. Any advice for making and filming music videos? This person, though, says he's making a metal song. Okay. So, like, something heavy metal-wise. But in general, any music video advice? Oof, um, advice. I've... I've... So I don't feel very qualified to give advice on music videos because I've not really made any mm-hmm. since I made random YouTubers YouTube videos in like 2013. And my advice to you on that would don't do what I did. They were very bad <laughs> videos. <laughs> um, uh, I think my, I think I think my advice for advice goes. You got to think of I uh, if you're taking a song, think about the visual story. Yeah. Um, Obviously, like you, you can go do music videos in three different ways. You can do live, like a live performance. You can do more yeah. of a narrative left led video. You can do a mix of both, or you depends can, on the budget. Yeah. Let's be fair. <laughs> or you can just do a very stylized band play. Um, I think you sort of got to discuss. You got to discuss with the band really yeah. as well. You got to sort of see what their vision for it is and sort of like come to some sort of creative compromise for me listen to the music listen to the song and use some genre uh, convictions because many people hate using like genre like specific stuff in filmmaking in general they're like oh it will be cliche i'm like look you cannot reinvent the wheel every story that has been told has been already told do something if it fits do it right uh for example he says metal use a little bit of handheld it's it gives chaos vibe and it can move around the camera a bit. Of course, if you were doing something chill, like Coldplay or something, you would do more static shots, something like that. Uh, if you want to go creative with like your... You could actually utilize green screen. A lot of bands utilize green screen. It's easier to set up and get and all that stuff. And yeah, go with genre convictions, depending on the song or the music genre. Yeah. So uh, the other one is how to start your own film production company. Um, oh, uh, probably try and get a job in work in the film industry first yes and i would uh, say like try to make it more of a brand at the start yeah that so i don't have a i, I view it as more of a video production brand than, yeah 
then like company at the minute because it didn't have the it didn't make the money you know that's the first thing like starting it depends where you're starting from like if you're starting from a career in filmmaking then i'm pretty sure you'd have an idea of next step i think you need a client base you need to pick what you want to do as well like are you a video production company who's making films are you a video production company making music videos are you a video production company who's making just commercials for clients like you know what sort of work are you wanting and then build like a list and try and search out because that's what i do i build lists of clients what might be interested in video and i reach out to them but again that's a you know it might sometimes it might be the best thing to start a video production company is work for a video production company first and you might be able to branch out later yeah find find some ropes you know i will say this uh because they told us uh, it's one of uh Actually, they told me in I think it was a DMU Works thing yeah. where you were they were like oh advising people on getting like their own placement all that stuff and they said something very nice. He said, "Make yourself your brand." I always see it as that. Yeah, I want myself to be the brand. You promote yourself the best you can. That's way you will find yourself into the industry. You will find other people. You will get more exposure, and slowly, 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 you will branch off to your own source. You will see that. So. Another one that I want your opinion because you actually had the screening recently, if I remember correctly. Yes. So, and I feel kind of bad for the person who says, I had my first screening and I felt so bad afterwards. Because he says, I thought it was an amateur film screening event, but the other people's skills were, <laughs> the ceiling was over the roof. He says, I saw other works and felt inferior. And people told me it's a common thing about actors and filmmakers. And then he asked, how was your first uh, film screening? But l- let's go back into the thing where... So basically, he went to his film screening and he said, like, oh, look, everyone else is so higher than me. Yeah. Uh, I would probably... I will give you an advice that uh, Martin Scorchese actually uh, said in one of his master classes. And I remember because I actually was... I, I bought his master classes. Was it good? Yeah, it was very good. He, he had some solid advice. He has a couple of lines that have stuck with me. One of them was that you will, if you don't... Sorry, if you don't... If the first edit you ever make doesn't make you physically ill, you're not a filmmaker. <laughs> If the first movie you make, you're not like, this is awful. And I know because like the first movie I made, I was like, this is awful. Yeah. If you don't have that constant feeling of doubt at the start, you're not in for this one. But yes, uh, I will say like Martin said, you'll hate it. At the start, you'll think everyone's better than you. But I'll be honest, that's just the beginning. And... Literally, everyone's beginning is difficult. Yeah. I'm pretty sure if you ask people in that room, there are a lot of other people who thought your thing was better and their thing was crap. Yeah, it's like a very self-conscious sort of thing in it, putting your creative work out. Yeah. I think, like, first of all, like, if if there is problems to film, like, you know, yeah. showing it is not the worst thing. Keeping it, keeping it to yourself. Say you've got a film with problems or yeah. you're not confident. Well, as soon as you show someone else... They're not going to, you know, they're, they're, they're likely to tell you what they think and they're likely to be honest. Mm-hmm. Like, particularly if they you don't know them, like, well, they'll probably, you know, in the screaming, you've got loads of people watching it, the film. So you've got a great opportunity to get a lot of feedback about your film. And yes, sometimes that is hard to swallow. No one wants to hear, you know, the negative things. Yeah, they want to hear the positive things, but it's the negative things that will drive you forward and make you a better filmmaker. And to speak to, sort of like skill level i think you've got to look at their films and think wow they're you know what they did good what they did well mm-hmm. 
uh, what maybe didn't do so well. But you've got to see it. It's like you know, you you as a part of that event. Like you know, you still doesn't matter what level you're at. You know, it, you you know your work is still worth seeing. You know, yeah. if you put effort into it and you've 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 put the time, you've had a team, even if it's not you know some masterpiece. You know, it's still something you've worked on and, you know, it's still a piece of your work and you should be proud that you've got it into a cinema and, you know, and you should you should take any feedback with just in, as it's encouragement. Yep, I would say the same thing. Literally every feedback is encouragement. And he asked, how was your first uh, film screening? Um, so, so mine was my film screening for um, in the cinema for the dialogue the first time i've seen a film i've been involved with well i've been like high up on like yeah. i've seen a few films i've been involved with in a screening but that was like i was camera assistant yeah. this was the first one where i was one of the big top jobs and yeah. i saw that in the cinema and i helped organize that screening as well um my lecturers helped and um me and the other producers and some of the other crew helped organize it mm-hmm. so it was really fun organ- i really enjoyed actually organizing the whole process and making See. it an event i enjoyed that was obviously you're nervous i think the thing about me was because i was producing it because it was in the cinema yeah. that was a success in itself like i felt like i did my job you know this film's yeah. in the cinema you know we got we delivered a film that is, that is actually a very important thing yeah <laughs> I, I like the fact that I got to see a lot of people around. And again, like, again, it's the, the film is just like the the dinner, let's say. Let's mm-hmm. say it's the dinner. You, you don't go for dinner with random people necessarily. You go to dinner to, to like, to socialise with people. And at a yeah. screening, you know, you see the film. But then you go and talk to all these people. And then, like, they're the things I remember. I remember talking to different people about filmmaking. Like, I remember having a few conversations with uh some guys from Creative by Ten, yeah, um, and Film Lester, who Great. big shout out to Evan, big shout out, yes, um, the new film coordinator, yeah. <laughs> and I remember talking to some people from there. I remember talking to some people who I haven't seen in a while, reconnected with. That's you know, incredible. It, there was like there was a person who did a it was a workshop, and I remembered something he said from that workshop. I was like, oh my god, I remember your like your face. I didn't know his name. And I was like, I remember you saying this workshop and that thing you said, it was like something about narrative films, putting them in and commercials mm-hmm. and the creative box being smaller, you know, but it's still creative. I remember what he said. I had a chat with him about it. And, you know, it's a, so it's also a good opportunity to reconnect with people. And I think that's what I really enjoyed about my screen. And I felt I went walked out thinking that was a good event. It what I, like the reception of the film was good, exactly. but, but the event, I really, I enjoyed it. You know. That's the important part. That's the important part. It's not just the the film that you put out. It's also like everything around it. Yeah, I would say like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's 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 weird having your film played. Particularly, I would say it's even more weird if you actually directed it and yeah. written it, which in this case I didn't. Um, but like, enjoy the event. Like, go talk to the people you know don't just don't so don't think about just going to the event to see a film and think everyone's just seen that film think about what you know think about the other films go talk to them about that i can uh i can literally tell you this we're gonna enjoy the showing of obsession yes we're gonna be there and we're gonna have fun and i tell you what, i'll be very nervous when it's shown and i'll do are we gonna do speeches evan uh, yeah i don't mind it i yeah. don't mind uh, talking about it 
I, I did a speech at the last screaming. It's oh, it was good. Yeah. That's the thing. That's the thing I was thinking about. I wasn't thinking about the perception of my film. I was thinking about the perception of my uh, my two minute little speech at the yeah, beginning. Yeah, that that is a bit more tricky. Yeah. I can say, yeah. <laughs> and apparently, I spoke quite well. I didn't think so. You're a well-spoken person, so yeah. I wouldn't doubt it. Yeah. I, the, my my issue is Evan is is. The thing what I struggle with with speeches is getting people's names right. I can't. It's, you, I've seen you say evangelist. Yeah, yeah, and that and that's like uh, like from Greece. Like when I'm getting like basic names wrong. So, uh, so as I was saying, Bean. My name is Ben. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Thank you, Bean, for organising this. And Addy, thank you for the photos. <laughs> To be fair, uh, I can promise you this. You're going to have more fun. We're all going to be there to distress you. <laughs> and I'm going to make this an event. I told you. Yes. You know what? Maybe you should hire me as your social media manager because I'm going insane. <laughs> I will make you so many reels, stories, oh, photos. You know me. I love that. You know, another thing is we got to wear like, it's, you know, proper nice suits yeah. as well. You get to dress up. I don't often get to wear my suit. I've started wearing it for meat yeah. and cheese just because I don't get to wear that. Yeah. So, <laughs> That's why I'm happy like now that I'm going with Film Leicester because I'm like, I will have the office so I'll have an excuse to wear a suit in the office. Oh, that's, that's cool. Yeah, I'm like, oh my God, I set up with my blazer. So, <laughs> so yes, we're going to have fun with Obsession. Yeah, you, just, fun f- you just get this dust off your... Uh, <laughs> your trusty, uh, yeah. dra- trusty suit. But yeah, I agree. We are going to have... I, I make excited i want to get it in the phoenix cinema to be honest that would be nice i, I would like to but, uh, but even if we don't i, I would really enjoy like a just like a private i mean screening. to be fair it, uh, i mean your uh your teachers might help as well yes again yes. so um, i'm pretty sure if you throw them the idea they won't be against it uh, i think they will like it yeah so uh another one that is very like it's very broad but i really like this question always is how to get ideas for films ideas Oof, that's and funny. it's funny because we were literally talking about that just before sometimes an idea can come out of nowhere yeah as i said i've written a script over a, a dream i had of one of my exes coming back to me and i turned it into a film with different characters and all that stuff it was very funny yeah but i would say tr- ideas can come from anywhere what i love about is that how ideas change and how they evolve yeah. a script is never a set thing it evolves throughout time Right, I remember like oh, writing uh, uh, a personal drama about two people mm. on a bench because that's what I wanted to write. I, I thought it had strong dialogue, everyone loved it and all that stuff. And I was like, oh, what if I did this small change and then she stops him and then it just becomes a horror movie and you're like, oh my God, I didn't yeah. expect this to develop into this. So don't be like very fixated in like, I need to have the perfect idea just have an idea it will roll up and it will become something completely different on the way <laughs> yeah like i've really struggled with that like having creative ideas and there's also sometimes like executing that idea into a script yeah um, like you get an idea for a shot but you don't have an idea for a film and one thing i try and do which again i've not wrote many scripts so mm-hmm. take this with a pinch of salt i try and um write in really like structurally like yeah. so on my scripts like i know some people like say oh well they want to go against like genre the norms yeah i literally write the script to the norms yeah. so i have it like so this is character introduction this is the catalytic event this is act 2.1 this is act 2.2 this is the dark like the dark night of soul mm. this is you know this is the meet cute like like i don't know if you saw my script 
Um, yeah, and, and there's literally a bit where it says meet cute. Meet cute. It, it was, I, was remember, like, I remember reading it and going like, oh, that's so cool. <laughs> I was like, each scene has to like correlate. And then in that scene, I can be as creative as I want, but it has to be the sort of roadmap. And if if I decide then like, okay, I want to go slightly different and that's fine as well. But like, I try and try and like get my idea and canvas it into that roadmap. Yeah. Um again I will go back to masterclass shout out to uh, I did masterclass with my favorite director Spike Lee. Yeah. And I love how he writes his films. So he what he basically does he's the, he's similar like you he only comes up with like scenes or ideas. He takes a piece of paper, right? He writes the scene. Uh, he literally twists it and morphs it and puts it in a cup, right? Yeah. When the cup is full, you have a film. <laughs> It What? doesn't for us who are doing short films yeah. it can be a short cup yeah. or like a short like tea cup yeah he doing it with feature length but it was a very smart idea he's like that's how i started he's like now i do it with little boxes and cards and i write on cards put them by the end i have like 40 cards oh that's 40 scenes okay it's a smart idea i want to try it one day so so is this concept like is it any idea we put no there? no no any idea that's relevant to the theme of the film okay so you're like oh you come up with the scene but not a film But then later you come up with a scene that could connect to this. Yeah, okay. So it didn't have to necessarily correlate. Yeah, it didn't no, have to it doesn't have to be 100% correlated, but it could be linked. Yeah. So what he does later is literally linking the ideas, the thoughts together. Yeah, because I, I can imagine like some days I'll have like like really like high-end fantasy ideas yeah, or, and then the next day I'll have a pirate idea. I can't yeah. imagine putting them in a box. It'll be a very no, wacky movie. He has literally a lot of cups. He doesn't have one. Oh, okay. So he's working on like multiple things at the same yeah, time. Yeah, it's like literally what throwaway ideas come through. Yeah. Some of them can be linked, okay? That fills up a cup. Let's make that movie. Yeah. And it goes in and out and out. I think that's something we should try. Oh, you know what I think was really interesting? I don't mm. know if this would make a good movie or not. So say if like um say if like me and you were to make a movie together. Yeah. And we do this cup idea and mm -hmm. we have maybe a base theme of what okay, the movie's gonna yeah. be about. But then we both write scenes and mm. put them into the same oh, that would be actually cup. Really nice. And then we get them Like, let's say we get, like, 20, and we get them 20 scenes, or, like, 10 of yours, 10 of mine, and yeah. we see what movie... But yeah. we don't tell each other what the scenes are. Yes, we just know the theme and yeah. the characters. Oh, that would be really... Okay. Be, that this, <laughs> this is starting. This is going to be fun. Okay, we're going to do this also. Some uh, uh, There's also another one that I really want to do. It's a creative challenge we did yeah. um, uh, for the person that says how to come up uh, with movie ideas. Uh, first of all, we're going to do this. We might do it on mid and cheese. It's going to be very fun. Yes. So we're definitely going to do this. Let's do it like something very short and simple with yeah. like five scenes, five pieces of paper and have fun with it. And then we'll be like, okay, let's see. If it works, we're going to do it bigger and bigger. Yeah, it's, good. it's a great <laughs> idea. I love this. Cool. So another one, uh, because I did it in college and I really loved it and I want to do it again. And I was telling Alex we should do it on my show. We could do it in mid and cheese if you want, like. Have you ever done 20 ideas in 20 minutes? 20 ideas in 20... No, I've not. So basically what we took is we took a piece of paper, we drew 20 boxes, yep. and someone is keeping an, uh, uh, a timer on you mm -hmm. and says, movies about romance, about flowers, about something. You mm -hmm. have to write for a minute on one box, just a, as a brief idea. Yeah. Once the movie passes, you go to the next one. The other one is like, minute, move to the next one. Minute, next to the movie. Mm -hmm. I actually, I loved it. It's a yeah. very creative process. It's stressing, but once you start reading about it, you're like, well, that was stupid. My favorite thing is the first part is like, that was a stupid idea. 
But when you come around later, if you changed it a bit, it's not that bad. Yeah. <laughs> See? So when, when you did that, uh, yeah. the 20 ideas, did you find it harder at the beginning or the end? I think I found it harder at the end. The end. Because at the beginning, I was like inspiring. Okay, idea, idea, idea. But then I'm like, oof. Mm-hmm. What do I do now? What do I do now? To be fair, ours was very hard because we didn't have like a Zandra or something. Mm-hmm. It was like completely whatever movie idea comes in your hand. I'm like, okay, that's okay. difficult. Yeah. But if you were having like a Zandra or something like Central, for example, like, I don't know, Mid- Mid- and Cheese, the movie or something. Yeah. Like, it's going to be easier. <laughs> okay. Uh, a question that I can answer, finally. Very good. What's a good microphone for podcast and film? For podcasts, definitely. Sure, S- uh, sure SM57. It's very good. It's also noise cancelling, and I have used it in when like recording in your own bedroom. Also, side note: if you're recording something in your own bedroom, either in the closet or underneath uh, the bed sheets, surrounded by a lot of pillows, they take away the they reduce noise. Okay. Yeah. Uh, favorite microphone for like podcasting, film? Have uh, anything suggestion? Oof, um, I'm, it's not really my. Uh, forte, yeah. but I, I have been getting more into it, like sound, and like, I have enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have a Zoom H1, and I use that yeah, a lot with a lavalier mic, and that's how. This is not for podcasting, but I get I get for movies is good, yes. Yeah, I get a lot of like testimonials on that, and I found mm-hmm. that works really well. But you know, I always think with with filming, getting audio, get it twice. Which one are we using? I know we're using lapel. So we've got two lapels, but we're also using boom, right? Uh, we're using the boom, and it's like a Rode NG3. Okay. I don't know much about it. I knew my sound I, guy. I haven't used it. <laughs> yeah, I haven't either. But my sound guy in my last film did, so I'm assuming okay. it's good. And then mm-hmm. um, Ed was a bit, well, he wasn't annoyed, but he told me there was a better sound coming out I could have got. I got a Zoom H5, I think. Oh, yeah, he hates the Zoom H5 because it uses batteries. I know. <laughs> and it's funny because, like, when we were doing the interviews with the uh, cast of, uh, how is it called? Uh, Tom Cruise. I almost said Tom Cruise. Yeah. It's when he thought Tom yeah. Cruise. Oh, my God. I love him. I love Mission Impossible. But anyway, uh, when we were doing this, we thought I actually brought a Zoom H5. And he was like, really? A Zoom H5? I'm like, oh, come on. Oh, oh God. I should. I really regret not messaging before I made the bookings. <laughs> I, I, I was in one of the modes where I just yeah. wanted to get it out the way because like... Quickly, I, because uh, Avi Lone's like closest. Yeah, like it was close. Like, okay, I'm going to get one. And I, I was split between getting the thing he would have recommended. Yeah. But I did, I've never used it. So I wanted something I knew. Yeah. Uh, but I should have talked to him before that, but it, we're still, it's still going to work. And the final question before we go into the closer of the show is how to approach a successful person for advice. I like that. Okay, no, I, I like, like that, that too. It's interesting. Oof, um... My one thing that I will always say is like, try not to, try not to come across as a fan or a fanboy or just being there for like mm-hmm. a selfie. People do come across like... It. I know it's easy. You meet your hero, you will geek out. Yeah. I'll, 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 we would always be the same. Me me and Tom will be the same. If we met our heroes, we'll be like, oh my God. But if you're going to go for advice, you don't want to sound like the irritating fan that's like. Yeah. Yeah, you don't. Um, I think it's, I think it's, um, but well, you've got to look at the situation as well. Like, where are you? Are you, are you on a film set where he's mm. really busy? And you might yeah. not want to. You might just want to observe, but if you're like, you know, on the break room and it's just you and like David Fincher in a room, yeah, you know, I, I think like start a conversation with them. I think like, you know, 
Yeah, uh, as I would say, like respect their time, treat yeah. them like humans. Like you treat your best mate, you wouldn't. Have, when you see them busy or anything, okay, obviously you want to approach them. Yeah. But how do you approach into getting advice from them? I I think you, I mean I think like I I think the way I do it is just ask. Yeah. You know, just be quite flat. Hey, do you mind? Um, do you mind? I've got a quick question about such and such, mm-hmm. and you know I know you're quite good at such and such. Um. And that's, I think that's the only way you can do it. I don't think there's like a, like a other way of going around it. Yeah. Um, and some people will be more open than you think. Uh, some yeah. people will be open to giving advice or anything. So don't be afraid to ask. Look at it calmly and approach it like you're discussing with a friend. Yeah, yeah. Like just talk to it. Keep it casual, you know. Yeah. You know, people, people do like to have conversations. Yeah. And don't, you know, you don't have to keep that conversation to that topic. You might flow to something else. Like, yeah, of course. Like, you know, sometimes like you can talk to like a very famous person, but it could just be about like what their favorite meat is. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the perfect icebreaker. What but, is your favorite meat? <laughs> but yeah, just. I but think, yeah, some, some people will be like more open to discussions than others. I remember Aaron Sorkin saying uh, he's a writer. He wrote The Social Network. Yeah. He re- wrote uh, Steve Jobs. He wrote A Few Good Men. He writes very dialogue-heavy movies. But he always says, like, whenever I'm done, I literally just go to my fr- to, to all of the people who are surrounding me. And he's like, just go. Uh, when, uh, when everyone is dismissed, I don't say, like, you're dismissed. I say, go and work on your own things. Because yeah. I know that when they have free time, they will go and write their own scripts. Yeah. Or, yeah. Go work on your own things. If you need me, I'm here. Go. Yeah, I, think I like that. It's I a like cool that approach. It's, it, it's like very like humble. Yeah, and giving back. And I, I like that. Yeah. We reached the end of the show. That was amazing. I really like this way of life. This is an amazing show. I, I love speaking about filmmaking, and it's incredible to have one of my favorite people here. I mean, the final shout outs would be definitely give us the socials that we need. So um, we have so Demon FM social. Obviously. We have Dream Visual dot. Uh, media now yes that's really the, good for updates on the film also you're going to be seeing loads loads and loads and loads and loads of updates from Evan's Instagram uh, Evan.alex.96 there you go that's the one that's his professional one as I remember um, and then there's going to be Anna's Instagram oh yes Maddie's Instagram so it'd be Anna Maria uh, Maddie something forcer don't yes. know her last name going out of her <laughs> Um, probably it will help as well and I'll probably post some stuff on mead and cheese oh yeah yeah so, everywhere we can you'll see a lot it'll, it'll go it, you know you won't miss it the, what I really like about us is like we're like a hive yeah like everything is interconnected and that works very well yeah us. it does it does But it shows you how important it is to have a network of people you trust and you like and having friends on the show yeah definitely okay and we're gonna finish it with of course a song dedicated to my friend and me because you're looking at the man.